0: Has the world gone crazy? Life is difficult. Jobs, bills, health, relationships. When you need help, where do you turn? It seems everyone wants to sell you a package to fix your life. Welcome to Christian Impact, impacting your life with spiritual truth. I am Dr. Kelly Blanton, and I'm sharing practical truths in the Bible that can truly change your life. Today, May 8th, 2022. Chronicles of the Kingdom, Lesson 18. And this is a special lesson. For a little information, I take messages that I've been preaching on Kingdoms, Chronicles of the Kingdom, and I... Go back over them and reduce them down for this podcast. And I and I redo them. I don't record live messages. Um, I do a lot of ministry to groups with a lot of uh, Q and A, a lot of a lot of uh, small ministry. And so there are things that are shared uh, in these contexts with these messages that's just not for open internet public. And so I will. I will take the teaching and, and put it down. and so as opposed to an, an hour ministry time in a normal uh, church situation and, and I'm putting these into approximately a 30 minute podcast. And so this week I am traveling. I am not in a setting and I wanted to give a special message out anyway. So this is lesson 18. It's called the Harlotry of Babylon. And so I know that this is Mother's Day, and from our Mother's Day message, we can laugh and say, yes, my Mother's Day message was about harlotry. But I hope you enjoy this. This is not uh, what I would do typically, but I wanted to share this. Many of the people on Sunday wanted to hear this, and so I wanted to get this out. And so I'm going to be doing a little references to the heart tree. I know we finished that, and this is Continuing on the idea of patterns for life, or life structure patterns, and I want to continue to use the figurative language of the Scripture. Now, I'm going to talk about something, and I don't want you to think that this is a eschatology uh, belief system that's coming out, because I will refer to some things in Revelation, and this has nothing to do about eschatology and what do I believe in time events. It doesn't have to do about some deeper theology of, of again, your eschatology or, or, or things. That's not what this is about, but there is so much of the Bible that is, is figurative and, and it can be used to teach and transform us in so many ways. Um, there are many old Testament stories that are literal historical facts, factual stories. And yet they're also shadows of our Messiah. There's shadows of our walk with God. Uh, they, they teach us about faith, and, and there's things that we can draw in there figuratively. The whole Bible shouldn't be considered totally figurative and nothing literal. That's not what this is about, and I don't want to confuse you. But I am going to continue using some of this figurative language and teaching to help us with patterns for our life. And we're going to look at uh, two cities. I know we've been looking at trees and seeds about life structures. I want to look at two ruling cities, that we see in scriptures and how they figuratively, in a spiritual context, uh, speak to us about our structures in life, how how we live, and how things operate. And these two cities are, what are they? Well, one's the New Jerusalem. It's the bride of Christ. It's the great ruling city of God. And the other is Babylon, the harlot of the devil. We see these in Revelation uh, 17, specifically about Babylon. Revelation chapter 17, verses 1-6. through 6. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came to me. Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters and whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication. And the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit to the wilderness and I saw a woman "...sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet, and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And on her forehead a name was written, Mystery Babylon, the great mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and the blood of martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. Now, I'm not going to go to uh, Revelation uh, 20 and 21 about the new Jerusalem, the bride of Christ that comes down. I know we've covered that in earlier teaching. You can look up those chapters and read it for yourself. But we're going to talk about these two cities and how they're, Convey spiritual truths to us. Again, this is not an end times eschatological type of theological teaching. This is more of what is God spiritually, figuratively teaching us about the patterns of our lives as we want to walk and operate in the kingdom of God. And so, I want I want to start with this because we have this harlot that's called Mystery Babylon, the mother of all harlots. I know it's a great topic for Mother's Day. Let's talk about the mother of all harlots. But I think you'll understand where we're going to be going soon. Because you we have this description of these two cities. The New Jerusalem is glorious. It's, you know, uh, the very dirt, the stuff you walk on and don't care about is gold. The, the building blocks are gems and pearls. And it's just it's, it's why it's the great value that's there. That, that 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 the kingdom of God. The very things that you don't care about there is the things that people think are everything here. Um, it's about how beautiful the lifestyle, the fact that God lives, in the, you don't even need a sun in God's kingdom because God provides all the light that you need, and 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 all the, the the great things with it. And then you get to this harlot, and it uses such harsh words, and even a harlot. It sounds harsh, but you know, and and I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm just reading the word of God. But it uses words like fornication more than once, and drunkenness, and blood, and abominations, filthiness. I mean, it, the picture is not pretty about this Babylon city. And of course, the city is a woman. And it's funny because the New Jerusalem is a bride, and 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 uh, and so. If we understand that the New Jerusalem is the Bride Across, the Bride Across is the church, and if you're a believer in Jesus, you're part of the church. It's talking about you. You're, 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 you're living under the kingdom of God. But if you're not, where are you living? Well, you're part of Babylon. You're living in Babylon, which is this female harlot. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what's a harlot. And, of course, it rides upon this this. This red dragon with these heads. And we know what this is. It's Satan. So this, this, quote, harlot. And, 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 and the harlot is, is, it's a woman that should be married to someone but is off selling herself off to somebody else. And, and the, the context is that these are people that are supposed to be God's people but they've given themselves to the enemy. They've given themselves to the world. And historically, we start talking about why Babylon, why is all this. Well, this goes all the way back into the, the Old Testament. There's so much we can learn about the Old Testament. Because, you know, Babylon was really a birthplace for idolatry, for false worship in the ancient world. Um, it, you know, it's spread out everywhere. Uh, even today, the oldest things we can find about Uh, all this religious stuff comes from Babylon. Um, and so it's no wonder when we even look at Abraham and the Jewish people's origins, Abraham was called out of the land of Babylon. Um, and so I I know I upset some Jews once when I said a a, a Jew is just a Babylonian that's been called out. (laughs) Um, because they're genetically the same. But if, if you go, well, let's, let's start with the beginning of this. In Genesis 10, verses 8-12, it says, Cush begot Nimrod, and he, became, he began to be a mighty one on the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore it is said, like Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord, and the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, Erech, Akkad, Kelna, in the land of Shinar. From that land he went to Assyria and built Nineveh, Rehoboth, Ir, Gala, and Rezin. Now it's interesting because this word before the Lord is not necessarily the same as like, you know, people minister before the Lord. Uh, Our English can sometimes be so inadequate Uh, When you study, you know, Hebrew and, and Greek, you realize that words can have so many different English meanings. And so, this word before here could also be translated as against. So, Nimrod was a mighty man against the Lord. And so, we see that Nimrod is a departure from the patriarchs, from patriarchal faith. Uh... In the Lord, you know, it represents um, a history of of Cush a little bit. You know, Cush begot Nimrod. Cush was his father. He was sort of the ringleader of apostasy. He's the one that raised Nimrod to this, and Nimrod turned around and he added this mystical, demonic powers and knowledge to his own natural strength. He became a force upon the earth, and he conquered all those around him. He was the first to wage war upon his neighbors. He was the first to train troops and exercise with hardship. He was the first to build towers and walled cities for battle. He exercised strong control over men. Uh, He enticed them with unbridled self-gratification. Nimrod was historically known for extravagant parties, orgies, dancing, music, games, anything that brought about self-gratification. He also controlled others by locking up the mysteries of science and sorcery he had discovered and released them only to men when they were fully under his control. So Babylon became known as a great center of extravagant wealth and revelry, a monument of glamour to the accomplishment of man, a place of harlotry and sorcery, great wizardry, human knowledge and discovery, a place of competition and contention. However, its primary characteristic was spiritual harlotry. Now, what is spiritual harlotry? I'm throwing this out there. Well, spiritual harlotry is seeking to fulfill our own needs and desires apart from God. You know, God is our provider. Talked about this in the heart tree lessons. He's our provider. He meets our needs. He gives us the desires we need for life. If we look at to anything or anyone else to meet our needs then we are looking for another god that's a hard thing to swallow because you you know you got people around i don't serve another god i got atheists i don't serve god but they are they're looking for their needs to be met somewhere and whoever meets your needs is your god and god is a title like master and so you're if something's going to meet your needs it is your master it is your god and therefore that makes you involved in spiritual harlotry. You know harlotry and idolatry they're they're so closely related. You know if you worship an idol if you worship another god god then the lord says you've committed adultery against him. So you see harlotry and idolatry are so closely related. You know spiritual harlotry is selling out our purity to meet our needs and is self-seeking and self-serving. And very quickly, you can see how this and that that heart tree lessons tie in. You know, a bad heart tree is really like a tree of harlotry. And so therefore, Babylon, the city that really represents a system, it's a life structure, it's a system. It's a harlot system that is a means of meeting human needs and selfish wants apart from God. We see this is characterized by competition, immorality, and sorcery. Let me go through some things. Some little definitions here. Harlotry, self-seeking, self-serving, to meet my needs and desires apart from God. You know, competition. You know, don't we like competition? We like football. We like competition. When I'm giving you these things, this is what I mean. Competition is seeking position or control. I'm not talking about let's have a game and see who's the you know just for some fun. Um, not lighthearted competition is really about position and control. Uh, it you know it's characterized by what contention, strife, thieving because you're taking line, deceit, manipulation, control, dominance. It leads to war, overlords, tyrants, backbiting, murder, greed covetousness these are all characteristics of this competition for control and power you know immorality seeking pleasure or entertainment you know that's what immorality is about it's about i want to please myself i want to entertain myself uh, it's characterized by lust you know fornication sexual perversion and cleanliness overeating overplaying overworking overresting just the whole reveling in evil And then I'll throw out the word sorcery. You know, we're talking about seeking power or direction through supernatural means. You you know, it's characterized by the cult, witchcraft, hypnosis, mind control, mind power, humanism, intellectualism, astrology, psychics, any new age junk that is of millions of descriptions out there. You know, much of the world has taken giant steps into a Babylon-type system. Especially in recent decades here in the United States. We've taken giant steps to become a Babylon system. You know, Babylon played lots of games. Games are now a major part of the Western world. You know, I like football. My son is just seemingly obsessed with football um, and knowing things. And I'm not saying some, uh, some, some minor games is wrong, but how many adults now are overly addicted to video games now we may laugh and i'm not saying video games are evil gotta get rid of all that stuff i'm saying the over addiction where they come home um i know i know many men that come home when they play video games and they don't talk to their families don't talk to their wives or their children they just do games um how many people go to Vegas and gamble? They're, they're in the games and lotteries, casinos, and and they're just obsessed. The very idea that Facebook is doing a meta, a virtual world, so that people can play. And, the, and what, I guess what I'm trying to get at is not so much games are wrong. It's the, I want to escape this reality into another reality to entertain myself because it's, it's more fun. It's this, you know, I, I want to run away and be something else. And then when you get there, you get competitive. You want to uh, uh, exercise. Excuse me for starting. You want to exercise control and dominance. Um. In the end, it begs the question: Are we seeking another god, or what God truly desires to give to us? See, this system is a system that leads to war. It leads to world war. I know you're going, what? Uh, because I want to go out with my girlfriend and do XX and play video games. I'm, I'm leading to war. Well, we have to understand. The greatest war of all time is between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. It's between the New Jerusalem and the Babylon systems. It's between a harlot and the bride of Christ. It's about ruling how life is is lived. God wants you to live an abundant life, an eternal life, full of His love and and His goodness. Babylon wants you to be self-seeking and ride on the dragon. And this war is happening right now in the minds and hearts of people, especially if you're a Christian. You can't say, I'm a Christian, this war is not happening with me, I'm with the Lord. No, if you're a Christian, it is definitely happening with you. Because you're going contrary to Babylon, and Babylon is is there. And we're supposed to be invading Babylon and breaking down the Babylon's walls. But oftentimes, Christians that don't engage in this conflict are now suddenly at the mercy of having Babylon fight against them without any defenses. You know, this type of blindness, this type of lack of faith, this is not new. This has been implanted in the church since its founding. God is looking for kingdom people. Will we become the bride, or will we continue in the ways of a harlot? Revelation 18, 2-4 says, And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the Great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a habitation of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out to her, my people, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plagues. Also going on to Revelation 18, verse 10. It says, Alas, alas, the great city of Babylon, the mighty city, for in one hour your judgment has come. See, these questions for us, what system do you want to live in? Are you going to be a harlot? Or are you going to be a bride of Christ? What, what is it going to be? We need to understand the end result. The world system of Babylon, that life structure, will lead in destruction. And it comes suddenly. It will come in, 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 in a single hour. And God's calling us out of that lifestyle. Come out to my people. That's what he says. The f- many people I know, being a, a minister, one of the hardest parts about this calling is the f- calls you get from people whose lives have fallen apart. Marriages, deaths, loss, addictions they're there and everyone says it won't happen to me and yet disaster seems to strike everyone no one is immune from disaster the only people that maybe think they are are young enough that not live enough life to actually encounter these things and i know that sounds really pessimistic but the world is full of destruction it's full of sin and these things will happen period as long as there's sin these things will happen and they come fast. Destruction like this comes fast. It happens suddenly. Likewise, God will eventually judge this system. And when He when He does, it will be fast. I don't want to get into an eschatological end times event. But let's just say that there will be a point when God will put an end to all this. There is a that day coming. That's what not what this study is about. But as in these figurative study, this figurative discussion we're having about life structures, Babylon ends up being a habitation of demons. It's a prison. It says it's a prison. The merchants become rich through the abundance of her luxury. Listen, i told people this when I do counseling and business ministry. The world is not set up for Christians to succeed in business. Now, that doesn't mean you can't see Christians make money, and become wealthy. But the system is against them. The system is so that if you will indulge in sin, you can enjoy the luxury of the world. When Christians prosper, it is because God has taken from the enemy and given to you. That's why he is our provider. God takes from the enemy that has been stolen and gives to us from his goodness. And we need to acknowledge that God is our provider. God is our source. God is the one that does these things. Because if we're not careful, and I know many believers that do this, they become intoxicated with the abundance they can receive from Babylon. It comes. And I, I read that little history about Nimrod a little bit to you. Talked about Nimrod and why he's established. And notice that one of the things that's characteristic was he only gave out of his knowledge, his, his sorceries, his 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 positions when he could control and manipulate those that were there he didn't give up his power we have to understand the harlot rides the dragon the dragon is the provider that dragon will eat that harlot at any moment and it becomes a prison you get enticed is it not the, the the thing of the world is to entice us believers you know The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, these things that that come at us. And God's not called us to be heartless. He's, He's saying, come out of her. Don't receive her plagues. So the cry to us as we have this lesson today is to understand the system that's there, to understand that this is the fight that we're in that we want to grasp the life structures in the kingdom of God. We want to live in it. And I'm just, this lesson was about more of an informative life structures of the world, the ruling caste of the world to help us better understand. Because as we better understand, we can better operate with God and for God and in his kingdom. So, Father, we thank you that you're teaching us and you're bringing us such truths, God. God, I pray that we will understand the world systems better so that we can understand the world we live in and the life you've called us to. God, I pray that we will be that shining city on the hill, the new Jerusalem, the bride of Christ, that will shine a light into darkness to those who are in bondage. Lord, we thank you for your love and your mercy and your empowering and the way that you can change lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Chronicles of the Kingdom podcast with Christian Impact Ministries. You can see previous lessons on our website, christianimpact.net. Until next time, God bless.